Ezekiel 33, we're going to read some text here and then we'll share this thought with you beginning in verse number 1 of Ezekiel 33. Again, the word of the Lord came unto me saying, Son of man, speak to the children of thy people and say unto them, When I bring the sword upon a land, if the people of the land take a man of their coast and set him for their watchman, if when he seeth the sword come up on the land, he blow the trumpet and warn the people. Then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet and taketh not warning, if the sword come and take him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet and took not warning, his blood shall be upon him, but he that taketh warning shall deliver his soul. But if the watchman see the sword come and blow not the trumpet, and the people be not warned, if the sword come and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity. But his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word at my mouth and warn them, or warn them from me. Let us pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this opportunity to be back in your house together this morning. We thank you for this church and how you've blessed us uh, with, with just so, so much. God, we owe you and you alone the glory for it has been your hand that has touched and blessed us this day. We pray for each and every soul that's in the building this morning. For those that are not able to be with us, we thank you for those that uh, are returning to us from being sick. We thank you that they're here this morning. God, we pray for the surgeries and the different circumstances that are upcoming in this week. Lord, especially remember uh, in this upcoming week, these, uh, especially the surgeries and diff diff different things, Lord, going on with the health of your people. God, we pray this morning that our minds and hearts will be in subjection to your word. I pray that we will be touched and blessed by the truth therein. We love you, Lord, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'll share with you just a quick thought. I'd read this devotion, but before we do, thinking of what we find here in the Bible and you find throughout history, any nation that sought to preserve or protect itself or its people has set forth a watchman. And we today, we, we have watchmen, those that serve in the capacity of our uh, local law enforcement and uh, those that serve in, in the fire service and paramedic services and our military, they're watchmen of sorts in the different things that they do. But a watchman, especially in this day, would be someone uh, set in a city. See, if you, you country people like me living out in the country, it was your stuff that got burned down first when somebody went on a war path. And uh, that's the price you had to pay for living in the country. But I'd say that's, uh, I take my chances to keep from living in the city. Amen. And, uh, and so out in the country, uh, if they were aware that something took place or someone was invading them or someone would attack them, uh, they would oftentimes know, uh, unfortunately, maybe at the expense of someone else, that they were being invaded, they were being atta attacked, whatever was taking place. Someone would come and let someone else know and that person would go to the next farm and let someone else know and so on and so forth till someone went to the city. And up, up on the, the walls of the city, up on the gates of the city, there would stand a watchman who kept watch uh, for 
messengers, for enemy armies, for weather, for all kinds of things. He'd keep watch, and that person would run and let the watchman know that an enemy was coming. That watchman would listen, that watchman would watch, that watchman would, would, would use his voice to let people know that there was danger or that there's a messenger coming. You see, uh, this wasn't a, a day of, of instant notifications, amen? I mean, you've got, you've got notifications on your phone. I have to clear mine constantly. This was not that kind of day. Uh, uh, it, it's, it would be exciting to know that there's a rider approaching the city gates. He's coming. He's got news. He's going to tell us something. That was their excitement in that day. Or you would see the scary, no doubt, scary sight of a huge army cross the hill and begin to besiege a town. Or sometimes those sneaky armies would sneak up at night and when the light would come up in the morning, they would strike to attack a fortress or a city or a town and the watchman would scream that they're being attacked. There was someone standing upon uh, uh, upon the gates, upon the walls that was looking out for danger or looking out for someone that was coming to, to let everybody know, hey, open the gates. There's a, a friendly person coming by. There's a messenger. There's a traitor. There's, there's somebody or there's an enemy army. And I began to think about that and dwell on the thought of a watchman. And then I read this devotional. This tells me that one of the most amazing stories I've heard it's, uh, it's blown my mind. The cathedral of Lausanne sits like an ancient guard on a hillside in Switzerland. You can go look it up. It's beautiful. Below, homes cluster tightly together down to the shores of Lake Geneva. For centuries, the cathedral bells have rung, keeping time for the people below. On a crisp October night in 1405, the bells rang with urgency. A fire had started and was quickly spreading from one wooden home to the next. The bells stirred everyone to action and a night watchman was placed on lookout in the bell tire to watch for new fires. More than 600, listen to this, it was 1405. They set a watchman up after this fire to watch specifically for fires. More than 600 years have passed since that devastating night. Yet not a night has passed without a watchman standing guard. As the bell signals the passing hour, he cups his hand and calls down the hillside, This is the watchman. The bell has rung, letting the townspeople know that all was well. Their security and safety rested on his vigilance. 600 years there's been someone watching and looking, listening. We're living in a day where we've got smart fire alarms. They sense smoke and they'll send a text message to your phone. We've got, we live in a day where we've got instant notifications on our phones and on Facebook and elsewhere. Yet, I'm told by this story, I may have to, I, I, it's hard to believe, I, I think, it's hard to believe. In our day, there's still somebody standing watch in this little town. I find it hard to believe. Maybe you just say, I'm, I, I need to have more faith. But I just know how people are. I know how I am. We've been good. We, we haven't had any fires recently. We're good. 
We let our guard down easily. But for 600 years in this little town, you know what that tells me? That there's still somebody standing watch each night, looking, listening for danger in a day where we think we don't need someone to do that. That tells me that there were some people in 1405 convinced that they needed in 1406, 1407, and 2024 some people that were vigilant and dedicated to watch for fires. That tells me there was some dedication. And so what I'm here to tell you this morning, just real briefly, I'm starting to feel like 30 minutes is coming on. Amen. We must be vigilant, church. We're all called to, to, we like to put the load on someone else. Amen. When it comes to Christian responsibility, we like to put the load on somebody else. You know how I know that? When you're the preacher, sometimes it's you that gets the load. When you're the deacons, deacons, sometimes it's you that gets the load. Sunday school teachers, sometimes it's you get, that gets the load. Cleaners and, and, and helpers and volunteers, sometimes it's you that gets the load, amen? I get an amen from somebody. Sometimes it, we get the load and someone else lets down their Christian responsibility and puts it on my shoulders. But what I believe that we must all take from this story and what we find we'll share in just a moment here in the book of Ezekiel is that we're called to be watchmen. What do we watch for? We watch for danger. We watch for sin. We watch for the, the possibility of things. Hey, we watch for good news. Is that not what we do when we proclaim the gospel? We warn of danger. We warn of, uh, of things that, that, that are to come that, that are perilous and are dangerous to people who don't know Jesus. We're, we're crying out among the city. Uh, we're crying out among, uh, off the walls saying, hey, turn to Jesus. Listen, there's danger out there. The devil's out there. That's what we are as watchmen. Also, we celebrate when good news comes along, that some, God heals somebody or God blesses somebody or someone accepts Christ as their Savior. We cry out and we say, open the gates, open the gates. Someone is coming. It's time to rejoice. There's news from a far land. We're, we're watchmen, amen, spiritually speaking. But we like to skirt the responsibility off to someone else sometimes. And we forget that we will stand, we'll give an account before God, each and every one of us individually. So I challenge you this morning, let's be diligent to be watchmen. You see, there was something that happened, and I, I, I've been dwelling on this, and I've been thinking on this, and the devil's been fighting, and the devil's been trying to get me distracted and keep me from looking off the walls and, and get me caught up in, in different areas of the fortress instead of where I'm supposed to be as a watchman. And I was thinking about this, and I was thinking, what was it that they did at this cathedral there in Switzerland in 1405? What was it that took place that has convinced people that 600 years later, there still needs to be someone standing, watching and listening for danger? What was it that took place then? And, and, and what is it now? That convinces people to still do it. Well, I tell you, I got to thinking about that. Why is there still people that do it? If we're not careful, we do things out of tradition, right? We'll do things out of tradition because 
in our attempt to, uh, to make ourselves feel warm or feel connected to our history or our past, we'll just do things because that's the way mom and daddy did it. Amen? We're guilty. Guilty of that. Tradition is not always biblical. When it is, you're doing good. And if it's not exactly biblical, as long as it doesn't go against the word of God, that's okay. We can have some tradition that, that maybe isn't laid out in the New Testament church, right? As long as it doesn't go against the word of God, that's fine. But I'd say maybe over the years, two, three, four hundred years later, knowing how people are, I'd say it was about six months or a year later, the watchmen standing on the walls wasn't as concerned for fire as they were the night the, the city was burning down. Amen? We're called to be watchmen today, but I wonder, are we as concerned for danger as we used to be? And I think that comes from us not being honest about sin or being uh, aware about sin or not being upfront about sin or not viewing sin and putting sin in its place as a thing that God hates and that, that we should hate sin, not the people that sin, but we should hate sin. The things that are wrong and contrary to the word of God should grieve our hearts. And in turn, what that should make me do is stand up on the walls, proverbially speaking. You see me stand out here on top of the building hollering, you know something's gone wrong. We may have to do it to get a point across, I don't know. But to stand up and say, listen world, listen, this is the watchman. We're in perilous times, you're in danger. You're in danger of fire. Turn to Jesus, come inside, come inside, get into safety. Do I do it sometimes because that's, what, that's the way mom and daddy believed? Do I do it that because after so many years... The effects of sin have lost its touch on me and its reality on me. I'd say there's been some watchmen down the years that have let down the town on their job. I'm not saying they've had 600 years without an accident, amen? There, the, there's a flyer plant right down the road. Flyer as in, not, not biscuit flyer, but flyers that grow out of the ground, Amen? There's a flower plant down the road from the house. And I'd drive by going to school, and it'd say, you know, 60 days to 60 days since our last accident, 120 days since our last accident. We all graduated high school, and I had some friends go working there, and they couldn't go a week without an accident. <laughs> we liked that idea of, man, we've had all these years. Everything's going good. We, well, man, we hadn't had this tragedy in all these years. There's been somebody there. In that town, man, we've went, we've went all this time. They start losing the faith because they forgot the fire. Amen? Church, what we've got to do, I believe what has convinced people for 600 years in this town to stand watch over their, their city has been some diligence. There's been some diligence. And I believe there's been some diligence by some people to teach their children, not when they're 18 or 20, but when they're young, we've got to watch over the town. You try, to teach a, you try to teach an 18 or 20-year-old boy, I'm just speaking because I was an 18, 20-year-old boy at one point in time. You try to teach an 18, 20-year-old boy something that he's never heard, never thought of, you're, you're starting at the wrong place in his life. He ain't going to listen, and you ain't got no right to be mad at him for not listening because he can't help that he can't get his mind straight because he's an 18, 20-year-old boy. Amen? Some of y'all forget when you was forgetting about when you was 18, 20. I remember... I wouldn't listen to nobody. But the things that my parents laid out to me as a child 
over time and experience, I started realizing, man, there's something to that. I wasn't going to listen to a cotton-picking thing anybody else had to say. But I started looking back and thinking, man, that is right. Man, there's something there. You see, there was some diligence when I was young to try to set me on the right path. And there was somebody here in Switzerland over there saying, hey, listen, we can't have this happen again. Half the city burned down. Some people died. These th- we, we cannot have this happen again. We got to get serious. We can't go another night without someone watching over. And church, I'm here to tell you this morning, son, I feel like preaching this morning. I'm here to tell you this morning that it's time we get back to the walls. That we start standing watch again and we don't just make it a religious thing, church. We're about to get elected into position. Some of, some of you are going to be voted on to be elected into a position. It's time you get back on the walls. You may have spent years down wandering around the, the castle. You may have spent years wandering around the fortress and you're in an elected position. You need to be up on the walls. You say, man, I'm glad he's talking about the elected people. You're a member of this church. You ain't a member of this church. I ain't mad at you, I promise. You've just visited and you come back. I'm not always feeling this way. You say, well, I'm glad he's talking about the elected people. No, you're a member of this church. You need to get back on the walls. We're all called to do it. You realize there's people you can reach that I cannot reach? There's people that your testimony can touch, my testimony will not touch. There's people I can reach that you will not reach, that will not listen to you. It's my responsibility to get back up on the walls. And we look back over the history, and we're so proud of the history. We're so proud of all that's been done. We're so proud of what mom and dad has done. We're so proud of the church. We're so proud of all these things. But what happens is we get in tradition, and we start doing things out of religion because that's the way things used to be done. Well, that's the way things used to be. But you go back to those people that were doing things, a lot of them were doing it because they believed it, because they remembered the fire. And we today have forgotten the fire. We've got to get real about it. And that's what it takes, is realizing that the fire is dangerous. Then people stand there. You realize in these days, they didn't have a fire truck up there in 1405. I mean, there were no sirens. There were no horns. There were no sounds. All it was was the watchman and the bell. And the watchman and the bell didn't come out until about half the, the town had burned down. That made an impression on somebody. Somebody said, from here on out, this ain't the way things are going to be. And, and they didn't say, Sam, it's your, you, you go, you're going to be the watchman? They said, I, I believe somebody said, I'm going to go watch over the town. And I'd love to know who in here is going to help me. Church, we've got to get back on the walls. We've got to be diligent. We've got to be realistic about when we start trying to instill these truths in these children. We expect them to listen to us for 20 years and then know what we're thinking rather than telling them why, why we believe what we believe, why we should be dedicated to these things, to, to watch them grow and be nurtured until they get to that age. I think we expect too much and we don't do enough, amen? Let's be diligent. There was somebody diligent in Switzerland. I don't know what part, Lake Geneva is the closest I know. They was over there in Switzerland. They were diligent. They were diligent. And they convinced somebody to get diligent with them. And they convinced the town to get diligent with them. And 600 years later, there's still somebody standing on the walls. And I don't know what their motivations are. I don't speak 
What do they speak over there? They speak French or German? Thank you. We have our, our blessed European transfer student here that can tell us. French or German? I, I, I don't speak French or German. I don't. But if you go and ask that person, I can't guarantee you that they're going to be believing like Grandma and Grandpa did in 1405. They may be standing there and be like, well, it's just my job. It's what I'm here to do. But, hey, it's very possible you go to them and you say, why are you standing here on these walls? And they say, because there was a day in 1405 when half of the city burned down before someone could reach out and holler and yell, before we had a watchman in place. You, you realize in 1405, they, the a watchman was a normal thing. I just read to you in Ezekiel where they established a watchman. They wasn't somebody watching in 1405. And they learned a lesson and they said, this ain't going to happen again. And you may go to talk to them and they say, in 1405, this town was nearly swept off this mountainside by fire. And since then, people like me have been standing watch to ensure that it doesn't happen again. Church, spiritually, there's some in this building. There's times it's been me. Hey, I was coming to church on religion this morning. I didn't feel it. I told my wife, you can ask her. I just, I just don't feel it this morning. So why would you tell us that? Because I'm just being honest. I didn't feel it this morning. I got to church and I realized it wasn't about me. It was all about him. Started feeling it. Get around God's people, hearing God's music. I lied about how long I was going to preach, but I think the Lord will forgive that one. I started to realize it's about him. It's not about me. You say, why are you standing on these walls calling out to lost people? Because in my soul there's a fire burning that's so real, and I want it to burn across this whole church, this whole county, this whole country, this whole world. It's real. There's been times you'd come and you'd say, why are you up standing, standing upon the, the walls? Why are, you, why are you here? And I guarantee you, I'd say, well... Papa's a preacher. Can I get an old me? Papa's a preacher. This is where my mom and dad goes to church. I've been here my whole life. I've never been anywhere else. And that's okay. That's a blessing. That's a blessing. I can't say that. I've been about 20 different churches in my life. You say, what kind of problems do you cause? It's everybody else. It ain't me. <laughs> they can't get on my program. You come from a pastor's family. That's kind of how it goes. But I tell you what, in this moment, I'm standing on these walls because I know the fire. 